Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Powering Up Communication and Career, with our guest, Carranza. Thank you for being here today. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Carranza Guidry. I am an electrical engineer by way of Louisiana State University, 2005 class. I have the Distinct pleasure of meeting Matt in my MBA class at the University of Arizona, where I got my MBA in 2016. I've worked in the nuclear industry for 15 years in various positions, and I'm here to talk and discuss all different type of things that's going to happen when you become an adult. So why did you choose this career? Honestly, I think it goes me. Um when I got out of high school and I went to college, engineering was just natural for me because I was good in math and science. And it's funny because my dad worked at oil and gas industry. He worked at Exxon Mobil for 33 years. So I thought I was going to go in the oil and gas route. I ended up going into automobiles, working for General Motors when I first got out of college. And then, of course, if you recall, back in 2008, during the housing crisis, the big three automakers, Chrysler, Ford, and General Motors, who I worked for, went through like financial hardship. General Motors filed bankruptcy. And I didn't know what that really meant. So in the meantime, I ended up going to an engineering conference, the National Society of Black Engineers. I would tell any student to try to get as many internships as they can in college, diversify the internships if they can. I interviewed with a company, Entergy, at the conference when they had an instrumentation and control engineering position available. And so I ended up going back home to a nuclear power plant that was about 25 miles from where I grew up. And so I started there and then I've just made my way from being a design engineer to a maintenance supervisor, to a maintenance manager, and to a functional area assessor that assesses people's performance and departments of performances, back to being a maintenance manager. And that's how I got involved in my career in the nuclear industry. So what is a typical day like for you with that role as maintenance manager? Typical day is for me, uh, as long as everything is going fine at the plant. It's coming in, we have our morning discussions where we talk about just the work that we have to do, things that happen overnight, meeting with the operation team to see if there's any like emergent issues they need us to go fix, having a discussion regarding the important items that may provide where we may have to have extra oversight because there are sometimes tests that we run that can put the production of electricity in jeopardy due to the sensitivity of the equipment that we're going to be touching. So in those situations, we provide oversight, like we'll probably have a supervisor or even myself oversee the work to make sure that our technicians are doing the right thing. On a lunch, having lunch and just interacting with people. Once you get to a certain management level, a lot of your job is interacting with individuals to see where their mindset is. Are they following the rules and procedures? Do they know the rules and procedures? What motivates them? 
and just trying to make sure that you can remove all barriers and obstacles for them to go complete their task. Working in an industrial facility is naturally dangerous just due to the certain dynamics we meet every day. So you want to make sure that people have a clear mind while they're out there trying to do their task and focus on safety to make sure that they can go home the same way that they came to work. For sure. Is there something that you wish you knew now that you didn't know when you graduated that impact your daily life as a maintenance manager? Communication is hard. I would definitely say, I know that the engineers at your school have a communication class. I would definitely advise the engineer to take another communication course. Just learn how to talk to people because there are different ways to talk to people and different people interpret messages differently. I would also encourage engineers to take some business courses as well to understand the business side of, of any industry that you're in, because especially in a capitalist economy, the, most times the bottom line is going to impact decision making. So having that understanding from the business side of how we make decisions or how we make money um, can also impact the decisions that you'll make as an engineer on how you design something or how you incorporate a new system or upgrading something that can impact your business. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's really important to have an understanding of the business and also to really ensure that what you think you communicated was actually what was received. I think sometimes people feel like, well, I sent the message, whether it was an email or I told them how to do something, but they don't always make sure that there's clarity of understanding. And you talked about the importance of safety in your industry. A misunderstanding could lead to a huge safety issue. So ensuring that the message sent is the message received is really important. Yeah. I'll give an example. One time that we we had an issue where um, we couldn't get something to work. And basically, we were asking our guys to go into an environment where they had one valve that was protecting them between them and basically like 2,200 pounds of pressure, right? And depending on how you communicate that message can send something to your employees that you don't care about their safety because 2,200 pounds of pressure coming from that valve could possibly kill them, right? So understanding the type of environment they work in and how your messaging and the words that you use and your tones can definitely impact how a person feels to go out there and go complete a task. For sure. And that kind of, that story leads well to my next question. Can you recall a challenging professional situation and what did you learn from? Yeah, I can use that one as an example because we were at a critical point. I don't know if I told you, Matt, before, like we have these 30 day outages where we shut down the nuclear reactor and we have to change out the nuclear fuel. And then we do all this maintenance work in those 30 days. And then we come back up in power to produce electricity. And Arizona Public Service, APS, the operator of the Caliberti Nuclear Power Station, we're not producing that electricity. We're losing close to a million dollars a day, right? So there's a lot of to get the plants up and running as scheduled. And this at this time, I mean, it was just kind of, you had some higher up individuals, directors, and even a plant manager asking, why couldn't we not go to the system and see if it was working correctly. And I just told him, I'm like, hey, per our policy, our lockout tagout policy, it states that we had to de-energize the system because we could, we had to have double isolation from a protection standpoint, two valves closed. If anything was over 500 pounds PSI, and we only had one in this instance. And so my guys, they didn't feel safe doing it. None, none of, neither one of them particularly had worked in that area. And you lose that one valve, like I said, that was 2,200 pounds of pressure coming straight at those individuals that was going to be in an open system because they had to go actually take something apart. So it was a big discussion because we were towards the end of the outage to, de- to basically depressurize that system and pressure it back up would take probably 18 hours. 
right? And so it was a critical time and it was very time consuming, but we made the, we ended up making the right decision and we depressurized the system and we went to go fix the, the issue, right? And we just ate the time because at the end of the day, employee safety is the number one priority at all companies. For sure. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding that Palo Verde actually got their license extended because of the great maintenance that has been done. At yeah, the so we, yeah, so we, yeah, uh, so we, you have, I think we're going through license extension right now. We have three nuclear plants and each plant has its own license basis. So um, we just recently, I think I want to say it was unit one. I uh, got that license extension and then we'll be working on, well, what we're trying to do is get 20 more years because right now our licenses are going to 2040. I think it's 2044, 45, and 46. And then we're trying to go to 2060, 64, 65, and 66. And one of the big things with our license renewal is water um, because you have to actually have water to cool off the reactors. And so we're working with the city of Phoenix, Maricopa County, and different avenues that are to come up with a water solution. Because like right now, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the news, water is a, definitely a scarcity here in Arizona and in the West Coast. So, For sure. So what advice would you impart to someone starting their career? I would definitely tell a person that's starting their career, understand where do you want to go? I think was I think Stephen Covey has a book or a chapter in one of his seven habits of highly effective people is think with the end in mind. Understand where your career wants to go and understand what type of sacrifices you may have to make to get in that career. I've talked to a couple of people I've mentored before. I've talked to in their careers and I tell them like, hey, sometimes you have to make a sacrifice. Having kids, do you want to be would you willing to like miss stuff with your children? And that's not just for women, but men as well. Is the higher you go up, the more a company is going to demand of your time. And unfortunately, all of us only have 24 hours in each day. The more responsibility you have at a company, the more time demand that company is going to put on you. So just understand what sacrifices you're willing to make and when do you want to do that and try to plan out your life. You know, a lot of times when people say they have a three to five year career plan, you need to encompass your family time as well, because I think also your personal time needs to be included in that. And sometimes what we do is we put together these plans on how we want to grow our career, but we don't think how will it personally impact us. So I would definitely say when people are putting their career together, um, development plans together. Think about your personal life as well. Yes. And I think the book you mentioned, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, is a really good read. And I think he has, he talks about the Winslow matrix of urgent, not in, urgent and important, not important. I think sometimes to get to your comment about only so many limited hours in the day, sometimes people will focus on those non-urgent, non-important sector and just dealing with that. And they feel that they're really busy, but they're really not focusing their time on the urgent and important sector with thinking about not just their professional life, but their personal life as well. Right. One Another barrier that I, it took me a while to learn is the where it talks about your circle of influence and your yes. circle of concern. Right. And it took me a while to realize that I can really just I need to focus more on my circle of influence and things that I can personally impact than the things that I should be concerned about. Because there's some things there are things that you'll be concerned about, but you have no control over what happens. Right. And that like a great example of that in my career is General Motors when they're filing bankruptcy. Right. I had no control over that, but I had a concern because I was an employee of General Motors and I needed to understand well, how would that impact my career. But what I did was from an influence standpoint. I went to an engineering conference to make sure to go seek out what other opportunities could be there for my skill set. Yes. And thank you for bringing up the circle of concern and the circle of influence. I know that's one I 
struggle with sometimes is, and I have to remind myself that sometimes those issues and the circle that you don't have influence over can cause anxiety. Obviously, General Motors going through bankruptcy, that's a source of anxiety, but focusing on what you can influence will really help you be more effective as Stephen Covey talks about in the book. Totally agree. Well, thank you very much for your time today and for being on the podcast. Problem, man. Anytime you need something, let me know. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey. Oh,